0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events.
1: Is TikTok really going to get banned in the U.S.? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. More than 100 million people use TikTok in the U.S., and increasingly, Congress seems interested in banning the application over security concerns. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill questioned TikTok CEO Xiao Chu Thursday, where they focused on its parent company's Chinese background. Shira Ovide is the author of the Tech Friend newsletter at The Washington Post. Shira, let's start here. Why is Congress questioning TikTok CEO?
2: So there is, there has been for a number of years, essentially national security and privacy concerns about TikTok from many elected officials. So the concern is that TikTok is an app owned by a Chinese internet giant called ByteDance. And in China, there's not much separation between private companies and the government. So the fear is that TikTok as an app uh, could be forced by the Chinese government to hand over information about us, about American citizens uh, and other people who use the app, or it could be used by the Chinese Communist Party to spread the propaganda, pro-China-friendly propaganda, without us realizing it. So those are the two concerns about TikTok.
1: Are these concerns legitimate? Like, Is there evidence of the Chinese government trying to gain access or using the app uh, users' personal data?
2: Look, I I think the the question is, are those fears legitimate? The answer is yes, but. Mm. So, for sure, I think there are almost everybody that I speak to who understands technology and understands the uh, geopolitics and the way the Chinese government operates says that, yes, there is a risk. That any technology um, controlled by a company based in China, there is a possibility that they could be forced to hand over data or do other things that uh, are essentially the bidding of the Chinese government. The real question is uh, how how much should ordinary Americans worry about that, and then what should the United States government mm. do about those concerns? And I think those are the questions that have not really been answered. The, what you hear from American elected officials literally for five years is basically uh, trust us. TikTok is bad news uh, without providing hardly any public evidence of, you know, harm or uh, examples of the Chinese government abusing TikTok in this way to kind of surveil us
1: or spread propaganda. Well, let's hear a little bit of that. Here's Michigan Congressman Tim Wahlberg asking if, Bytedance employees in China have access to American data.
0: American data has always been stored in Virginia and Singapore in the past, and access of this is on an S required basis as required engineers of globally who? by engineers for business purposes. By engineers, by engineers, bytedance, the Communist Party. Uh, no, no. Why? Uh, How can you say that? This is a. If they have a access, business. This is a private business, and is uh, like many other businesses, many other American companies, we rely on the global workforce. So the global
2: workforce that includes ByteDance, which is connected directly to the Chinese Communist Party, that is a characterization
0: that we disagree with.
1: So you hear him there grilling the uh, CEO. What's the congressman getting at, Shira?
2: I mean, he's getting at two things. One is a lack of trust. So I think the fundamental problem, and and the TikTok CEO brought it up a couple of times in that hearing uh, last week, was TikTok is being asked to prove a negative, right? Members of Congress asking them essentially, prove to us that you're not giving data to the Chinese government, that you're not censoring viewpoints that the Chinese government doesn't like. And it's very hard for anyone to to disprove a negative, right? To to prove anything like that. But members of Congress don't believe TikTok, and there's general mistrust among American politicians and American citizens, American people who live in the United States, about China's government and technology from China. So that's one thing you're hearing. The other thing you're hearing in that clip is sort of look. There is a legitimate disagreement about can data can digital information really be walled off between countries, right? the, The whole point of things that exist on the Internet is that they kind of flow and leak like water. And what the members of Congress were asking is basically can any setup that TikTok proposes to kind of wall off Americans' data from China, can it really be effective in a world where technology doesn't necessarily respect borders and digital data flows among borders.
1: In a tweet Thursday after the hearing, TikTok COO Vanessa Pappas said, we're we're committed rather to providing a safe, secure platform that fosters an inclusive place for our amazing, diverse communities to call home. It's a shame today's conversation felt rooted in xenophobia. Let's talk about that, Shira. What evidence supports that last claim?
2: I mean, it's, it's a strong claim. I, I get what she's saying. It is true that the United States government, and again, many Americans, do not trust China, companies from China, technologies from China right now. That's a symptom of you know, mistrust between the Chinese government and and the American government. That's not going away. Um, what the, the charges of the sort of, you know, xenophobia, it does overlook that, again, there are real concerns that lots of American officials and Americans have about technology from China, particularly popular technology from China. Um being essentially a risk that is hard to fix. Right? And so there's a germ of truth in what she's saying, but you know, it, it also kind of ignores that there are some real concerns that are are hard to are hard to address. It's not just racism. How's the
1: public reacting to these hearings? And half the country uses TikTok.
2: An interesting phenomenon that you're right that tiktok says 150 million americans use the app i'm not sure those numbers are entirely believable but for sure particularly among american teenagers if you look at pew research uh, surveys It is an extremely popular app among young people in America. The Washington Post did a poll recently that we published uh, published the results of last week, and it found that generally um, people were divided on what to do about TikTok in the United States, that there were a lot of people who thought, yeah, it should be banned. A lot of other people weren't sure. Some people said no. Um, I don't think there's necessarily unanimity about what to do about TikTok, The post poll also found that people who use TikTok were far more likely to believe that a ban was justified, which is maybe not a surprise, but sort of
1: interesting. And and I'm thinking of the fact that whether you're on TikTok officially with an account or not, you're seeing TikToks all the time because they're cross posted on Instagram and on Twitter. They're all over the place.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard to ignore that TikTok has become a cultural force, particularly in in the past two or three years.
1: Let's listen to another question from the hearing, this one by Georgia Representative
2: Buddy Carter. Can you tell me right now, can you say with 100% certainty that TikTok does not use the phone's camera to determine whether the content that elicits a pupil dilation should be amplified by the algorithm? Can you tell me that?
0: We do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. We do not. The, the, the ha, only fa- you, you don't? The, no. The only face data that you get that we collect is when you use the filters to have, say, sunglasses on your face. We need to know where your eyes are. And Why that, do you need it, to
2: know what the eyes are and, if you're not seeing if they're dilated?
0: And, and that data is stored on your local device and deleted after use if you use it for facial. Again, we do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users.
1: Shira, did, did members of the committee prepare for this hearing? Like, what would their preparation look like? Because some of these questions... I mean,
2: certainly... So, yeah, that, I think that question was very... That question in particular was strange. But I will say this. I, I have been... I've been covering technology for <laughs> 15 years. Okay. Um, and in that period, there has been growing concern, some for legitimate reasons, some for not, about all apps. Right and the amount of information that they collect about us. There's a persistent belief, which is, as far as we know, not true, that Facebook and companies like Facebook, they listen to what we're saying through the microphone in our smartphones. Right? Again, there's no evidence that that's true, but I understand why people believe that. And so you heard kind of a, an echo of that kind of fear in the question about, uh, you know, collecting information on our faces. The reality is that, yes, apps on our phone collect huge amounts of information about us, intimate information about us, like everywhere we go with our phones, information that, like, stalkers would love to have, right, uh, the, the kind of information that we would never give to another human being, but that we've allowed, we and our elected officials have allowed to happen because of bad policy. So I think that's what you're hearing in those kinds of concerns is just this recognition that we, as a, again, as a matter of policy and as a matter of individual choice, we have gotten to the point where we feel like we have no personal control over what happens to information about our bodies, ourselves, and where we go in the world.
1: Here's one more question by Georgia Representative Buddy Carter.
0: We rely on age gating as our key age assurance. Age gating, which is when you ask the user what age they are. We have also developed some tools where we look at their public profile um, to go through the videos that they post to see whether... Well, that's creepy. Tell me more about that. It's public. So if you post a video that's you choose that video to go public, that's how you get people to see your video. We look at those to see if you it matches up the age that you talked about. Now, this is a real challenge for our industry because... Privacy versus age assurance is a really big problem.
2: Look, look, you keep talking about the industry. We're talking about TikTok here.
1: So the CEO of TikTok repeated the point that this this is a challenge across the industry. But the committee members, they don't seem to be listening. Is that true? Is it fair to disregard you know industry wide issues and berate TikTok for something that American companies are already doing?
2: No, I mean, look, the TikTok CEO is right that one of our challenges is we don't want young people to use—young people are not permitted to use apps like TikTok if they're under 13. We know that kids do, right? And it it is—but it's also very difficult within the bounds of our law and our Constitution to ban— to effectively uh, force kids off these platforms. So one of the things that social media companies have experimented with is these kinds of age verification technologies, like upload a photo of your government ID or take a video of yourself yeah. that they'll scan with artificial intelligence in order to kind of guesstimate your age. We find these things, uh, many adults find these things to be invasive, but we also don't want kids to be, uh, on social media apps where they don't belong right. or even worse on pornography sites or other child inappropriate sites. But it's also very hard yeah. to keep out kids without, without also making it privacy onerous for all of us. I right. don't want to upload a photo of my government. I oh, to absolutely not.
1: <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll leave it there. Interesting stuff. Shira Oviday is the author of the Tech Friend newsletter for The Washington Post. Thanks as always, Shira. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Meha Ahmed. We have some great conversations with folks from The Washington Post tech team every Wednesday on the show, and we love to share those with you on the podcast as well. We hope you'll join us for more. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Let's talk again soon.
2: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.